0: You are listening to episode 205 of the Confident Coaches Podcast, the one where your messaging gets clear cut. All right, let's go. Welcome to the Confident Coaches Podcast, a place for creating the self-confidence you need to do your best work as a life coach. If you wanna bring more boldness, more resilience, and more joy to your work, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Amy Latta. Let's dive in. How are you doing? Coach, consultant, friend of mine, listener, I'm so excited that you're here with me just every day. And okay, this is going to be a little goofy, but have you met me? It's October 10th. It is October 10th, not the day that I'm recording this, but the day that you are, it's dropping. And that means it is exactly, exactly six months until I turn 50. What does that have to do with today's episode? Nothing. Do you need to know about it? Kind of just a little bit. I'm, it's just funny because like back in the day, my dad would have said the downhill slide to 50. And instead I, I'm ridiculously excited. And all I'm saying is is that there's a very good chance over the next six months that this space that we share together is just going to get spicier. (laughs) There is one thing that it has taken me, oh, I don't know, 49 and a half years to figure out is I'm literally just getting started. So this doesn't have anything to do. With today's podcast episode, but I'm gonna just plant that seed into your mind. It doesn't matter that you are six months or not six months or when your birthday is or how old you are, but I just wanna plant the idea. What if you're just getting started? Oh, I know. I am just getting started. And I'm gonna invite you to keep coming back here every week and fire meet fire. Let's go burn some shit. <laughs> Um it's not completely unrelated. So, as I talked about last week, I'm doing a podcast series where I'm going every week there's going to be 8 episodes total. I don't know if they're going to be all in a row because 8 episodes is a lot and there are some interviews that I want to have. So, we'll we'll see if there's going to be 8 in a row, but this is part of the series that I started with episode 204, which just a week ago, October 3rd, on the eight steps to becoming your bestest client magnet. Something that they are drawn to. And not something, you're a human being. In the market, when we are out there in the world, and listen, guys, I want to tell you, like you right now, If there's one thing that I have learned, you can apply this to non-business. You can apply this to friendships and just, I mean, we could, we could, this is not a relationship podcast, but we could take this entire conversation and just kind of, we could flip it on its head and even talk about relationship wise, right? We're talking about stripping what isn't, stripping away what isn't you so that you can put yourself It's not even putting yourself out there. It's becoming this version of you that is who you've always been. And you're just like, this is what you're known for. This is what people expect from you. And I really want to offer to you that you are allowed to evolve in it. You know, last week I talked a lot about like, what would your TED talk be? And that was not the main point. I do know that some people listened to last week's episode because I got some private messages and they were they, they really took like, here's what my TED Talk would be. That was just one doorway into what do you want to be known for? You know, your TED Talk might be a, a, a subset of what you're known for. It's less about that and more about people's experience of you. And when a subject comes up, like, This is what I want you to imagine that these first couple of episodes in this elevate your income, become your best, your bestest clients, you know, become a magnet for your bestest clients. When you're thinking about this, we're we're talking about a group of people having a conversation somewhere and a specific subject comes up and somebody's like, oh, you know, who would love this subject? You know, who has a lot to say about this? You know, who I was just listening to last week? So-and-so. And your name is the one that they think about because it's so clear and so obvious that this subject matter and the angles from which the people are interested in talking about that subject matter matter, and the kind of vibe that they're attracted to, you are the person that comes up in their mind. Like There are people out in the world who talk about things that are important to me, but You know, like, their vibe and how they come across is not my flavor, right? I'm trying to think there's, like, there's got to be an analogy here, right? There's, like, food was the first thing that came to mind, right? Like, lots of people could make, this is literally off the cuff, you know, Italian dishes, right? Spaghetti. Let's go with spaghetti, right? Lots of people could make spaghetti. But everybody's going to make it so different, right? And... You know, this is, you know, this one's got a little bit of kick. This one's a little bit more tomatoey. This one is, I don't know enough about spaghetti and all the variations that it could be. But, you know, you know, this one is a little bit elevated over here. This one's, you know, super sweet. This one's super spicy. All of the different variations in between. And people are going to be like, oh, I like this. I like spaghetti, but I like this person's spaghetti. (laughs) Yes, I realize I've just reduced all of us. To a big bowl of pasta. You're welcome. I just did, I did happen to make a pretty fabulous bowl of pasta. I blended in some vegan cream cheese and kicked it up with a bunch of red pepper flakes and I blended in shrimp and asparagus. See, it's a different spicy flavor. And this is what I want to help you find for you so that when like a group of people are hanging out and they're having a conversation about, Messaging, maybe you know, and they're they're thinking, you know what? You like irreverence. You like ADHD and Gen X references. You're funny. You like humor. You like talking about really powerful, distinctive messages. Amy Ladd is your gal. That's who you need to talk to. That's who you need to start listening to. What's that for you? That's what I want. Last week's episode and this week's episode to help you figure out, to help you step more into whatever that is for you. Because in the next version of where we're going with these eight steps is taking that information and translating that to how you are meeting people and nurturing relationships with them and talking to them. So last week again, was what do you want to be known for? What are you known for? What are those things that light you on fire? The subjects you can't stop talking about? You know, all of those, you know, your mission, your vision, your values, like what you stand for and what you aren't. And today we're turning that into more of messaging. So messaging, messaging is marketing. This is like marketing 101 brand messaging, and we won't get into all of the nitty gritty, but there's internal messaging, there's external messaging. You know, we can break it down into a very, you know, academic breakdown. I want to make this very usable for you. The simplest, clearest explanation. So when you hear people talk about messaging and I'm sure you hear it and see it everywhere, your branding, your messaging. So your branding is the larger umbrella. Messaging is something that's underneath that because your branding is also going to include the visual aspects, you know, your fonts and your colors and the kind of clothes that you wear. You know, branding is the entire package and messaging Messaging is the tone and the vibe of your company in the market. I just want you to Think about how there are a lot of coaches, consultants, creatives offering similar results to a lot of the same groups of people. And you know why they should hire you and no one else after last week's episode. Now it's time to communicate that. That comes through in your messaging, right? It's like once you establish it for yourself, you need to figure out how to put that out into the world. So this is where we start talking about who are these bestest clients. If you're going to become a magnet for who these bestest clients even are, who are they? We've had conversations around this topic. I entered it through a slightly different doorway in this episode, but we've talked about this before. Who are they? What do they do? What do they hate? What do they wish they had more than anything? Right? So the first thing, this is very marketing 101, but it is really helpful for you to know their demographics and their psychographics. So your demographics are like the qualitative things like age, gender, marital status, parental status, income, job title. You don't have to actually define all of those, but it's good to think about like, what are those aspects of your ideal bestest client? I want to be really clear. We're not boiling people down to labels and quantitative numbers, but this can help you think about the language that you're using and the things that you're talking about. Are you talking about it to the right people? This necessarily isn't an example of demographics, but, you know, I think about if I'm trying to market and I, and I'm not. I don't have this in existence. I have one-on-one coaching, but but actually that is a great example. So you can work with me one-on-one. If you work with me one-on-one, the price point goes into a a high ticket price. If you work with me in a group, the price price point is quite low, and it's the working with me one-on-one. Where you're going to get a very high level of service, and I market that, that level of service to somebody who is, you know, they're already in business. Maybe they want to rebrand. Maybe they need to help navigating through a crisis. Maybe that's, you know, I, I've, I've worked with somebody where they wanted recently where, you know, they wanted to create the same amount of income their, you know, their same hundred K year, but they want to do it with less hustle. There's so many different ways, but I'm talking to an established business owner. I'm talking to somebody who has those funds in the bank already to be able to invest at that high level. So it wouldn't make sense for me to spend a lot of time talking to somebody as if they have another job and they're experiencing financial struggles and they need a lot of help with belief in themselves that they can even do this thing. Those two things don't make sense. This is why it's important to know the demographics and the psychographics of your ideal client to make sure that what you're selling them, what you're known for, matches who you're talking to, right? Because I do have a program, Free to Pay Coach. That's $1,000 that you can spread the payments out. That would be perfect for somebody who doesn't have thousands of dollars ready to spend, who might still be working a full-time job or a part-time job. And they want to be able, like that matches more for them versus when I'm talking about my high touch, high investment, you get like so much more of me When you work with me one-on-one, I want to know who I'm talking to. So you want to be really clear that this is to help you make sure that you're talking about the right program, the right product to the right group of people. Demographics are quantitative. Psychographics are qualitative. And that means quality. What's important to them, their values, lifestyles, needs, wants, concerns, hobbies, attitudes, right? So, you know, psychographics for me, you know, I'm going to appeal to a liberal or progressive minded person. I'm going to, I talk a shit ton about the patriarchy. I talk a shit ton about, you know, how we are socialized. So that's going to appeal to a certain group of people and it's going to repel a different group of people. There are people who have they've dropped into my DMs who have said, "Are I would never hire you because you talk about these things. They have a different set of psychographics that does not match me. And I'm not going to spend my time trying to convince them that they should match me. You see? You see why knowing what these things are can be really important? Because sometimes you will put energy in trying to convince people that they need marketing through a feminist lens and conversations around socialization and patriarchy, but that's not their psychographics and it is not a good use of my time nor my energy to put a lot of marketing out there. So this is why it's good to know. What are your ideal audiences, demographics? What's your bestest clients? And I don't wanna say ideal audience. I wanna talk about your bestest clients. And yes, I use the word bestest It's an old joke. I think I mentioned it in last week's episode. I've been using the word bestest for literally 30 years. (laughs) It's a made up word. Me and my bestest friend of ever, Kimberly, made it up 30 years ago. I'm still using it. So what are your bestest clients? Not just would be nice to work with, but like your ideal bestest. These are like, yes, your people. Their demographics, their psychographics. And now let's start talking about what are they worrying about? What do they wish would change? What would they like to change that they haven't yet? And we've talked a lot about this. How is this affecting them specifically? Like right now, I don't know when you're listening to this episode, but what is happening in their life where this is affecting them? It's Tuesday. What's happening I don't know if it's Tuesday morning, if it's Tuesday afternoon, what is happening right now or this thing that they wish would change, with this thing that they would like to change, how is it directly affecting them? And your willingness to think about over the course of a week, think about specific moments during the week, Sunday nights, Wednesday after lunch, Friday afternoon, Saturday mornings. How is this affecting them? This thing that they wish that they could change, this thing that they would hire you for and then knowing what is in their way. How I'm talking about what's in their way, I'm talking about it very differently than I have in the past. Because before, a lot of times I would talk about, you know, the obstacles that they need to overcome were so often internal. And this is a, for lack of better words, I've changed my tune, friends, in terms of your clients don't need fixed. They're not broken. However, there's probably rules that they're following that they don't realize they don't have to follow. Like what in their socialization taught them that they can't have this or this isn't for them or that it requires a certain thing that they're not sure that they have. What's in their way is almost always, it's almost always something that's outside of them and, and how they've adopted that obstacle that is outside of them. Like you're picking up what I'm throwing down. It's almost always rules or something that they've picked up somewhere that is technically outside of them and they've just decided that it's true. What are those things that are in their way? And then what do you teach them? This is where you can talk about your process. Like, okay, so here's this person. And demographically and psychographically, they are your bestest client. Here's what they're worrying about. Here's how it specifically is affecting them during the week. Here's the thing that's in their way that they aren't overcoming. This is where you step in. You know, like three to six steps that you would walk most of your bestest clients through. Doesn't mean you don't adapt the steps to each, you know, specific needs, but no, it's the first thing that they need to know. The second thing they need to know and so on and so on. Now, if you start getting into like eight, 10, 12 steps, you're probably starting to bring in like specific tools. I want you to go a layer out from that because that's a separate question of like what specific tools might you teach somebody? So what do you teach them? What's your process? These are like, you know, three to five steps that you teach using umbrella terms. And then what are some specific tools inside of those steps in your process that you would use? And then you can go back to those specific moments and look at them, like how do those specific moments change after going through your process with you, after applying your consulting or your coaching or whatever it is that you're bringing to the market? How do those specific moments change? These are their desired outcomes. This is the result that they're buying. That is what they're buying is how your work helps them in those specific moments and helps them move forward. So can you articulate that? And I invite you to spend some time with that. Because now, friends, there's the really, really fun news. If you go back to last week and you think about what you're known for and your innovative focus, and now you have like, How these problems are specifically affecting them, your process, your tools, the results that they're buying. Guess what, you guys? You now have the makings of your marketing strategy. So this is how I want you to think about. uh, Some people call them content pillars. I call them, you've got your core messages and you've got hot topics and you've got shit that makes you cool. (laughs) I think my client, Amy Clunan, she's the one that helped me come up with the phrase shit that makes you cool. (laughs) So your core messages are the categories you're known for talking about that directly help your client create the desired outcome that they're looking for. There's no secret number of them by any means. And whether you like the phrase content pillars, but that's what we're talking about here these are the three to five or seven things that you will create content from nine times out of 10. Like 60, 70, 80% of your content is going to be coming out of your core messages. This is the shit you talk about all the time. For me, it's, you know, my core messages have shifted to, you know, creating personal income is better than revenue, feminist marketing, Belief, how to unbelieve. These are just some of my core messages. And the core messages are specifically that like, this is what you bring to the table. This is where your expertise is. So as you go back over notes that you might have made over this episode and last week's episode, i are going to highlight those main categories, those threads that you can see. These are the main things that I talk about. And then there are what I would call hot topics. So hot topics, like for me, a lot of my hot topics came out of the demographics and psychographics of my ideal client. They might have shown up in a little bit of what they wish they would change or some of the what's in their way. Hot topics are things that you're going to talk about a lot, but maybe you don't directly help with that problem. So for me, this would be, I talk, I'm talking a lot about ADHD. I'm talking a lot about, you know, perimenopause. Depending on the conversation around patriarchy depends on whether or not it's more of a core message because I'm well trained in that versus something where I might, like I might talk about it, but the there's a better expert in the room than me. So as a, for instance, the reason I put ADHD in that category is you're going to hear me talk a lot about neurodivergence. You're going to hear me talk about, you know, if a core message is finding the thing that you need to make this business work for you, I can help you do that. But ADHD is going to go under hot topic because I'm not actually an ADHD coach. If you want to coach specifically to help you with ADHD, you, I need to refer that out to you, but I'm going to talk a whole hell of a lot about it. And the reason that this is important to define is, A, it does become a content category for you. I will put out some content around Hot Topics. It's not going to be the bulk of my content by any means. I know enough of the psychographics and the demographics of my bestest clients to know that's relatable content. And it becomes a doorway to start more conversation and it becomes something that puts out a lot of goodwill. You know what, Amy's always talking about ADHD. Maybe you should reach out to her and then that person reaches out to me and we have a great conversation and ultimately I refer them to my ADHD coach if that's what they're specifically looking for. Either way, we've got a great rapport And we've got great conversation going on. So hot topics aren't the bulk of your conversation. It's not like what you're known for, but it can be included in your messaging because it adds relatability and it lets your people know that they understand that you have things that are affecting their life that might be outside of what you specifically help them with. And you aren't necessarily trying to be a jack of all trades for them because that's your core messages, what they need to hire you for is in your core messages. Picking up what I'm throwing down, I have found this to be a huge added asset. Now that I've distinguished these categories for me, I know what I'm super comfortable talking about. And I also know, cause we're gonna get to this like in week eight, I also know where my scope of work ends. And when it's time for me to talk, like at this point, I'm going to, you know, sounds like you totally need to talk to my coach, Megan. So I want to add that because then there's the third category and this is going to be a small piece of your messaging, but it's super important. And that's the shit that makes you cool. And when I mean shit that makes you cool, this is like, people are going to experience this. By working with you, but it has nothing to do with you helping them uh, create that next goal in their life. So for me, my shit that makes me cool would be like, I'm a Gen Xer, I'm irreverent, I use a lot of jokes in my coaching, there's a lot of laughter in my coaching, I love movies and I love music. I bring a lot of that into my marketing eye messaging. This is like the shit that people DM me all of the time. Uh, People know that I love food. Hi, I just did a whole analogy around spaghetti. (laughs) People send me recipes in my DMs. People send me, you know, they'll send me something about a TV show or an actor that I talk about all of the time. It has nothing to do with how I help them. But remember that circle of people who were talking about a certain subject When they could mention a lot of people's names for what I'm known for, sometimes it's the shit that makes you cool that tips me over the edge versus somebody else. Sometimes it's that shit that makes you cool that's going to make somebody go, I know that these five coaches could all help me, but I love this vibe over here. And for somebody else, it's going to be entirely different stuff that makes, right? It's going to be entirely different things. It's unique stuff that not only makes people think of you but they are going to experience some of that by working with you and it's a very small percentage of your overall like content but it is a huge factor in your messaging and then i do think it's really important to talk like what do you not talk about so one way messaging could go astray and i'm talking to you amy that's me As somebody with ADHD, I can 100% be a jack of all trades because I am, I have an insatiable appetite for learning. I want to know everything, right? And sometimes, and I have gone back and I have seen where I will go on like a month's long tangent on something that doesn't really have anything to do with the work that I do. Or it's not my area of expertise. So why did it suddenly become 75% of my content? My core messages should be 75% of my content. So I think it's important to, like, what are you not an expert in? What are some things you're just flat out not going to talk about at all? What topics are off limits when it comes to your business? And also, what are you not an expert in? What are the things that, like, this stuff I'm just not going to bring into my messaging. That's for somebody else to talk about. And it can be either because you're not the expert in it. Like a lot, you're not the expert in it. Or it could just be like, I, that's a topic I want completely separate from what I'm talking about. So as important as it is to know, like what? who you are and why you and the shit that makes you cool and the core messages that you're going to bring to the table that makes your messaging so clear cut. One thing is to strip away what you don't talk about. Now we've just fine tuned it, right? Now we've sharpened it even more. So the last part of this conversation comes down to really we're just going to like your voice, but I like to describe it more as like, it's your vibe. Your messaging vibe. So I want you to think about, have you ever been scrolling on, you're scrolling on Facebook or Instagram and you don't even see who's post? like you totally missed who the poster was, but you're reading this thing and you just like, you know who the author is without looking. You know, just by the tone of voice of the words you're reading, the way the sentences are structured. You can just tell by looking at it, by reading it, I know who this is. Or you have a good idea. Or maybe you don't know for sure, but then when you see who posts it, you're like, yeah, that tracks. That's your vibe. So like your word choice, your emphasis, like are you super simple in your language? Do you use complex words this is where I think I mentioned this last week like make sure you're talking the way you actually talk you know do you you know I I have a lot of irreverence if you can't take a joke if you can't see wit if if that's lost on you you're probably not gonna love my tone, right are you empathetic, assertive, authoritative? I I have a, I bring a lot of empathy, and a lot of irreverence. I I will mix super deep conversation with a pun or a paradox or a metaphor. So your grammar, how you how you know? Are, do you use a lot of con- contractions? I use a lot of dashes. I use a lot of semicolons, right? Because I love, I love a 10 line sentence and I got to go back in and organize that shit. I use a lot of bullet points, right? Do you use a lot of long sentences? Do you use a lot of lists? Do you like personal story leading into message? You don't actually have to define every single one of those. But just kind of seeing, like, what's the rhythm to how your voice comes across? The last thing I want to add about all of this clear-cut messaging is all of the answers from both last week, what do you want to be known for, why you and no one else, and this week, clear-cut messaging. You could plug this shit into ChatGPT and you can teach it how you talk. Like All of the answers from the past two weeks, you could plug all that into ChatGPT and it would be able to write So much content for you. I am not, by the way, AI. Probably a hot topic. Not remotely a core message for me. (laughs) I am giving a monthly business class inside Free to Paid Coach is on using AI in your business. But I'm bringing a client who loves using AI and... I'm going to bring, you know, the little bit of knowledge that I have, and it's going to be more of a conversation as opposed to a me leading a class. So there's another great, you know, like there's another example of me knowing where my expertise ends and where I'm going to defer to someone else. And, you know, and I I have an affiliate link for AI Copy Club by Brittany Long, right? So like, You want to learn more? This is who I'm learning from. I strongly recommend her at super low cost, right? So this is another way to, number one, having the answers to all of these things. You can help educate AI if you are interested in using it. And then number two, here's another instance of me knowing that my messaging, my messaging, I I should not go on. I should not make 10 posts about using AI in business. I might make one, might mention it while talking about something else, but it would muddle my messaging if I suddenly started talking a lot about that because it's not what I'm gonna to sell to people. So these are some of the conversations I want you to be thinking about as you define these things that is this something that you really wanna to bring to the table? So Elevate Your Income, the first marketing intensive is happening right now. And that each of these eight weeks is me sharing what we're doing inside these rooms. And we had a conversation today about like, I don't know what to like, I described it as like a uh, an all-you-can-eat buffet and you like everything in the buffet, but you are only you're not gonna make a plate of literally everything because you can't possibly consume all of that. And while you might like everything on there, you have definite favorites. And there was a conversation around, you know, yeah, but like what if my favorites aren't my best as clients' favorites? And I'm like, then they're not your best as clients. If what you're super passionate about and what your expertise falls into and what you want to be known for doesn't meet every single one of the needs of your bestest client, that can be okay. Because for your bestest clients, you're going to be more of a match. And also trusting your bestest clients that the tools that you're going to bring to the table can solve the problems that you're telling them of what you're selling them. And if they do need, so as if for instance, if I'm talking about all of these things and I meet and I come across somebody who is utilizing all of my tools and is feeling amazing, but they need specific ADHD help, I'm not going to suddenly put ADHD on my plate. They can still get 90% of what they need from me and then get that help for that other thing from someplace else knowing that they can still converse with me about it. And this is really important. Resist the temptation to be all things to all people or even all things to your bestest client. Be what you are and be so clear in what you are and trust that your bestest clients can discern that and that you're not convincing people that they need what you're offering them. Assume that they are ready for the message. All right. All right. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? I would love, I'm going to put like a stopgap here. If you have listened to last week's episode and this week's episode, you don't have to do it socially. Socially. You don't have to do it publicly. But I would love to hear from you via email or DM if you want to post about it in the comments of the post for, for the podcast, you certainly can. If you want to pull, you know, pull it up into your stories and engage with me that way, you can engage with me publicly, but I would love to hear whether publicly or privately, how these two episodes are landing for you. How are you utilizing these? What nugget are you going to implement? I would love to hear from you. We don't have to share anything publicly unless you're totally comfortable with that, but I'm, I'm, I'm legit serious. This work is so important to me and I would love to hear how you're implementing it. All right. All right. I can't wait to see what you create in this world until next week. Coach, it's time to sign your first free client, your first paid client, your next client and to learn how to do it consistently and having a hell of a lot of fun along the way. This is exactly what you're going to do in Free to Paid Coach. It's the only program giving you step-by-step what to do to become a paid coach and step-by-step how to handle the roller coaster emotions that come with doing what you need to do to become a paid coach. If you know you can't not do this life coaching thing, but believing that you can do it, handling rejection and remembering how to do all of those things shuts you down. The free to paid coach community is waiting for you. Find everything that you're looking for inside. It's only $1,000 payments are available and then you are in forever. Visit amylatta.com forward slash FTPC